فاشرف بي لاشتغالي بالعلم ولا تبغي به ما عشت يا ذا بدلا ويا له من شرف عظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله تعالى Today we're going to be starting the explanation of the book Nawaqidh al-Islam written by Shaykh al-Islam Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab rahimahullahu ta'ala But before we start the uh, book uh, Nawaqidh al-Islam there is a need and I think it's at this particular moment the need for knowing some issues pertaining to takfir and its principles is very vital so inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to shine some light on the bawabit and the shurut of takfir, the principles and the conditions that have been stipulated by the kitab and the sunnah which the ulama have deducted from it. First point that I want to make as a muqaddimah introduction is To stay away from and to be cautious of labeling a person kafir without any proofs. And Imam al-Bukhari and Muslim, both of them narrated. Bukhari narrated in his Sahih, and also Muslim narrated in his Sahih. Min hadith Abi Hurairah, from the hadith of Abu Hurairah, that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ida qala al-rajulu if a man says, li'akhihi to his brother, ya kafiru, O you disbeliever, فَقَدْ بَاءَ بِهِ أَحَدُّهُمَا This statement of his would go to one of the two. So if somebody says to his brother, O kafir, this statement will go towards one of the people, the one who said it or the one it's been said to. It's one of the two. So it's dangerous. So if what you said about this person isn't kufr, or they are not kafir, okay, they are not kafir, then this statement comes back to who? It comes back to you. Also, Abi Dhar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he said, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he say, uh, say, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say, لا يرمي رجل رجلا بالفسوق ولا يرميه بالكفر إلا ارتدت عليه إلا يكن صاحبه كذلك. And the wording here is the wording of Bukhari. That if a brother or a person throws the word fisq at a person, it says he's fasiq. Or he throws at that person kufr. And it ends up that this person is not a fasiq, nor is he a kafir. Except it will come back to you. If the person you're saying this about is not kafir or is not a fasiq, it will come back to you. You find that this term kufr and takfir, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, when they came across these narrations and they came across the severity of these ahadiths, they added it to their books of i'tiqad, their books of aqidah, and they spoke about <coughs> this chapter known as Al Asma'i wal Ahkam, names and what? Names and rulings. 
And it's from the five foundations that a person becomes Ahlul Sunnah or he can leave Ahlul Sunnah. The first of the five is Masailul Asma'i Wal Ahkam, the names and the rulings. What do, we, what do we mean by names and rulings? We mean names that have rulings that come from it. Like, for example, the word Kufr, and Al Fisq, and Al Dhulm, Al Bid'ah. These are terms that are not just names. They, they have with them what? Rulings and ahkam that come from it. Like the minute you throw at a person kufr and you say you're a kafir, rulings will come from this. It's not just a name that doesn't have no effect. It has effect. Then automatically he and his wife are separated. He's not buried with the Muslims. He is killed as an apostate, apostate, a murtad. Ahkam. You see, the same is when you say a person is a mubtadi'ah. It's an ism that has a what? A hukum that comes from it. Al-Hajru, boycotting this person, you see, and etc. comes from it. So these terms, Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, they saw that the people became ifrad or tafrid, extreme in exaggeration or extreme in negligence. And Ahl al-Sunnah, in all of the five usul, they always took the middle path. They didn't go too extreme and they didn't go too negligent. There's a hadith Abu Dawood narrated in his Sunan in the chapter of Babun Nahiyu Anil Baghi. Babun Fin Anil Baghi. Prohibition of oppression. And Ibn Hibban narrated it in the chapter of his book in his Sahih. Babi Dikri al Khabari Dali ala anna kawla al mar ila yagfirullahu laka ma kadyu khafu alayhi al ukuba. He says the chapter of the narration that indicates that the person who says to his brother Allah will not forgive you that it's feared for them punishment there's a long hadith this hadith is a brother of a, Muslim, a brother saw his another other brother his brother in faith he saw him um, committing so much sins so he said to him Aqsir, Akhi, stop doing this Stop what you're doing. And then he said to him, the one who was sinning, Khalini wa Rabbi, leave me between me and my Lord. Leave me to my Lord. Wa Rabbi. Abu Itta, have you been sent out? Aliya Raqiban? Are you are you sent out to observe me? Is your job to really just scrutinize me and look at me every step that I take? Who sent you to me? He said. Faqala then the other one responded, he said, Wallahi by Allah, la yaghfirullahu laka, Allah will never forgive you. Allah will never forgive you. Allah will never forgive you is takfir. Because the ones who Allah does not forgive are who? The kuffar. So, in another wording he says, la Allah will not enter you into Jannah. Faqabad Allahu arwahahuma. Allah took both of their souls, both of them. They both, they both got brought to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in front of him. Allah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what did he say? Huh? Faqala, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said to the one who was striving hard to stop his brother from the crime, he said to him, The one who was stopping his brother from the sin, the one who said Allah will not forgive you or Allah will not enter you to paradise, Jannah. The Prophet said to him that Allah said, 
Were you one who was knowledgeable of my affairs? Allah said, do you know me? Are you knowledgeable about what I would do and what I wouldn't do? He said that to him. Allah said, أو كنت على ما في يدي قادرة Or are you one who was able to do what was in my hands? Are you the one who gives out my mercy and my punishment around and disperses it? And the Prophet said that Allah said to the sinner, the one who committed the sin, اذهب, go, فادخل الجنة, enter paradise, جنة, برحمتي with my mercy. وقال للآخر, and he said to the second one, اذهبوا به إلى النار, take this one to the hellfire. The one who took his brother out of, out of the religion and made takfir on him. Abu Huraira, straight after narrating that hadith, he said, I swear by the Lord in which my soul is in his hand. He said, This man spoke a speech. It destroyed his world and his hereafter. This man said something that Allah will not forgive you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not have mercy on you or what? Huh? This man spoke a statement that destroyed his dunya and his akhirah. وَلِذَلِكَ أَهْلُ السُّنَّةِ وَالْجَمَاعَةِ The ulama, qarnan ba'da qarnin, they warned against this issue which is التَّكْفِيرُ بِغَيْرِ بَيِّنَةِ Takfir without no evidence and without no proofs. If you look at a shaykh, Abdul Latif, Ibn Abdul Rahman, Ibn Hassan, Ibn Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, Abdul Latif. The ulama, generally speaking, the ulama that are pointed out who really put down powerful knowledge from the da'wah ta'imat al-Najdiyyah are four. There are four. The first of them is who? Of course, Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. Is who? Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. The second one is what? Abdul Rahman ibn Hassan ibn Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, the author of the Kitab Fatih al-Majid, who is the grandson of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. These are prominent figures that stick out from the Duat and the Aimah of Da'wat al-Najdiyyah. The third one is Abdul Latif, the son of Abdul Rahman. Abdul Latif ibn Abdul Rahman ibn Hassan ibn Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. He's also a prominent individual. Huh? The fourth one is uh, Muhammad ibn Ibrahim, who is the son of who? He's the grandson of who? Abdul Latif. Muhammad ibn Ibrahim ibn Abdul Latif ibn Abdul Rahman ibn Hassan ibn Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab. Those are the four. And if one can be added onto that, it would be al Shaykh al Allamah al Walid. Abdul Aziz ibn Abdullah ibn Baz. Ibn Baz is from the great Aimatu, the great Imams of Najd. He may not be from the descendant of Muhammad ibn Abdul Wahab, but he's from Najd. So Abdul Latif is one of those figures. So what did he say? He said, At-tajasur ala takfiri man dahiru al-islam min ghayri mustanadin shar'iyin wala burhanin mardiyin yukhalifu ma'alihi aimatu al-ilm min ahli sunnati wal-jama'a he said, labeling a person, a kafir, 
and making takfir on a person whose apparent essence is Islam. This person from the zahir, from the apparent, he's a what? From the zahir, he's a, he's a, he's a Muslim. You're making takfir on them min ghayri mustanadin shar'iyin without any legislational evidence, no proof. Wala burhanin mardiyin and you're making takfir on this person with no evidence that's pleasing. You see, yukhalifu ma'alayhi, this is an opposition, this action of this individual is, on a, is in opposition towards a'immatul ilm, the people of knowledge. Min ahli sunnah wal jama'ah. Ulama ahli sunnah wal jama'ah don't do that. And this is one thing you find people accuse Muhammad Abdul Wahab's da'wah, right? Takfir, takfir, takfir. And this is his grandchildren, his descendant. That they're saying, making takfir on a person who is as zahir, when we look at he's a Muslim. And we have no proof to make takfir on them. We have no mustanad shari. We have no texture evidence. We have qala wa qala rasul. This man is going to the masjid, he's praying. And then you find a person who says he's a kafir, he's a hypocrite, he's a jasus, he's this, he's this. This is in opposition to the path of who? The path of Ahlul Ilm, Ahlul Sunnah. This path that this person is taking, it's the path of the people of innovation. And it's the path of the people of misguidance. And it's a person who fear of Allah has been taken away from them. And he got khashya. And they have no piety, this person. These statements that are coming from you is an indication to us you ain't got no taqwa, no khashya. In your speech and your actions. You don't have it. There are many statements from the ulama. I advise anybody who can buy this book that I have with me right now. It's called At-Tahriru Fi Bayani Ahkam takfir Shurutun Wadawabitun Washubuhat. And it's written by one of Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen's very elite students, his very close students. His name is Asam Ibn Abdullah Sinani. He is a teacher who teaches in uh, Qasim, Jamiat al Qasim. He teaches there. This book that he wrote has been read and it also has been uh, commented on, and even benefits have been put on by. Ma'ali al-Shaykh al-Doktor Salih ibn Fawzan al-Fawzan who is a Udu Hayt Kibar al-Ulama and he's also a Udu legend al-Da'imah he is a a member of the committee of senior scholars Shaykh Fawzan and he's also a member of a legend al-Da'imah the permanent committee so this kitab, I advise you, it really deals with this issue of takfir. It mentions conditions, it mentions dawabit, principles, and it also even tackles the doubts and the shubuhat that people bring to make takfir of people and to say fulan is a kafir because of this. This kitab is qayyim, it's very beneficial. If you don't have it, try to get it, inshallah ta'ala, it will benefit you a lot. Anyone who observes, inshallah ta'ala, brothers, anyone who observes the kitab of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will realize that the Qur'an actually came to explain to us the reality of Islam. The Qur'an is actually, his job is to explain to us haqiqatul Islam. And the pillars Islam stands on. And also the things that are obligatory for a person's Islam. 
and also what opposes the essence of Islam and what will nullify your Islam. The Quran works hard towards explaining that. And anything that's in opposition to Islam. The same way when it comes to Iman. The Quran came to explain the reality and the haqiqa and the definition of an Iman. What does the Iman actually mean? What's its pillars that it stands on? Okay, what is the things that cause the Iman to increase and what are the things that cause the Iman to reduce? And what's actually the essence of Iman in the sense where what is its foundation? And what is it that which completes Iman? The Quran is full of that. The third level, which is Ihsan, also the same thing. The Quran and the Sunnah have come to define what Ihsan means, its meaning, its pillars which it stands on. And what does Ihsan revolve around? The Quran and the Sunnah have actually come to explain those things. And it's given it a meaning and an understanding. Now, these terms, Islam, Iman, and Ihsan, they are shari terms. They are legislational terms, meaning it's words and it's uh, terms which the Sharia has used. When you want to define it, you take it from the Sharia. When you want to speak about what nullifies it, you have to take it from the Kitab and the Sunnah. Just like you can't say this act is obedient, this thing is obedience and this is disobedience without no evidence. Can you say that uh, this will bring you closer to Allah, this will distance you from Allah without any evidence from the Kitab and the Sunnah? It's the same way that you can't make what? Something Islam when it's not Islam. Or to take something out of Islam when it's part of Islam without no evidence from the Kitab and the Sunnah. The same with Iman, the same with Ihsan. That the person requires mustanad shar'i, textual evidence. Qala Allah, qala Rasul, and that which the Ummah have unanimously agreed upon. The same way you can't make something halal, and you can't make something haram, with what? Without any evidence from the Kitab of the Sunnah. So a lot of times you find people make takfir, on the issue of hukm bi ghayri ma Allah bi unrestrictedly. There are some forms when ruling by other than what Allah has sent down is kufr akbar. And inshallah will expand on that. There are times when it's kufr akbar and then the person will leave the fold of al-Islam. But from the madhab and the belief of the khawarij is that al-kufr bin dunillah al-hukm bi ghayri ma Allah they believe it is kufr jumlatan wa tafsila unrestrictedly. This is min usul al-khawarij. It's from the foundations of al-khawarij, the khawarij. So what are they doing right now? They are doing al-hukm ghayri ma'anzallah themselves. Because they are making takfir of something that which Allah and His Messenger have it. They don't have no mustanad shari for it. And that which they are accusing those who are making halal, that which is haram, and that which is haram, making it halal. You are now making takfir, that which is not kufr. You're making takfir and making kufr of something that is not, that is not kufr. All of those things, if you do it with hawa, desires, it goes against madhab of Ahli Sunnah and the path of Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah. He says, in the fifth volume of his Majmur al-Fatawa, page 544, he says, to say something is wajib, and to say something is haram, to say something that you something you get rewarded for or you get punished for. And to say this thing is kufr. 
and this thing is fisk, transgression and oppression. This is all for Allah and His Messenger. The only one who can make something wajib, who can make something haram, who can make something, connect a reward to it, also connect punishment to it, make takfir on something, say this is kufr. Say this thing is fast, fisk, is only Allah and His Messenger. There's no one who has the rights to pass that hukum. What is upon the people is to make obligatory that which Allah and His Messenger have made obligatory. And what's also upon the people is to make haram that which Allah and His Messenger have made haram. There's no other path open for you. You can't make something kufr and say this is kufr akbar. And you also can't, you also can't make something uh, wajib or haram. You need all of that from what? You need it from, again, a nas, a textual evidence. And this ideology, brothers, of takfir being used loosely, it came at a very early stage in Islam. This ideology, this inharaf, this deviation from the straight path, the, the middle path, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah were upon, the first bid'ah, the first innovation that ever occurred in this religion, uh, we're talking about inharaf aqadi, a aqidah related deviation, was the bid'atul khawarij, the bid'ah of the khawarij. And this is when they, ex they exited the leadership of Ali ibn Abi Talib and they left him. This was when the year was 37, 37th year of Hijriyyah. After what? Ithra tahkim al When Ali ibn Abi Talib and Muawiyah both placed two individuals to represent them. Ali ibn Abi Talib, he sent Amr ibn al-As to represent him Ali ibn Abi Talib, sorry, he sent, sorry, Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. Ali ibn Abi Talib, he sent out Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. And Muawiyah sent who? Amr ibn al-As. After that issue, after that issue, it caused the occurrence and the coming of this deviated group, the Khawarij. So, ulama, Every works and books that they've written in Aqeedah, since this was the first deviation, they always warn against the Khawarij and they speak against them. And that was because of their ghulu extremism in takfir, without any evidence from the Kitab or the, the Sunnah. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, وَلِهَذَا يَجِبُ It is obligatory. الْإِحْتِرَازُ بِالْتَكْفِيرِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ Placing takfir on the people. بِالْذُنُوبِ Based on sins. Well, khataya and shortcomings that they come with. You should stay away from that. Because this is the first innovation and deviation that has occurred in what? That has occurred in Islam. The khawarij, they made takfir of Muslims. And these are the nata'ij, the result and the outcome that comes from takfir. Blood is then shed, made permissible. Takfir, once takfir is placed on you, what's happened? Your blood is permissible. And anyone who's reading the news 
would see what took place in Somalia. 300 people approximately got blasted. Suicide bomb. So takfir comes first. When the takfir comes first, then istihlal al-dima'i muslimin Making permissible for yourself the blood of the Muslims. وَأَمْوَالِهِمْ and their wealth. The person will say, the money of the people are permissible for me. So this became a sickness that they passed on to each other. They passed on to each other. وَلِذَلِكَ the Prophet ﷺ told us that these people will be coming. Will be coming. كُلَّمَا ظَهَرَ قَرْنٌ قُطْعٌ Every time a group of them come out, they are cut, the Prophet said. And then another group of them comes out and they are cut. Meaning they're fought. They go. Every group that comes, they get killed, they get destroyed, next one comes. ISIS came, they, they, now they're being destroyed. Another group is going to come, they're going to say things going to happen. Then the Prophet said, Until the last of them, group that comes out will come out with Dajjal. They will be in the midst of the Dajjal. So they're the ones who are telling the people what? They're the ones who are telling the people, the of the Muslims, they will be found in the midst of the Khawarij. Al-Baghdadi, he says in his kitab, Al-Farq Bain Al-Firaq, Al-Baghdadi said that there is no group that opposes Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah except that they make takfir of one another. And then they free one another from each other. All these groups, the Khawarij, the Rawafid, and the Qadriya, all of them, they make takfir of each other. Until they all came together, seven of them came together one time in a gathering, and they all made takfir of each other. Ahlul Sunnah al Jama'ah don't do that. Shaykh al Sam Taymi also said, وَصَارَ كَثِيرٌ مِنْ أَهْلِ الْبِدَعِ مِثْلِ الْخَوَارِجِ وَالْرَوَافِضِ وَالْقَدِرِيَةِ وَالْجَهْمِيَةِ وَالْمُمَثِّلَةِ يَعْتَقِدُونَ اَعْتِقَادًا هُوَ الضَّلَالٌ يَرَوْنَهُ هُوَ الْحَقِّ وَيَرَوْنَ كُفْرَ مَنْ خَالَفَهُمْ فِي ذَلِكِ أهل البدع شيخ الإسلام تيمية says such as the khawarij, the rafid, the qadriya, the jahmiya and the mumathila those who resemble Allah ta'ala with his creation يَعْتَقِدُونَ they believe a belief هُوَ الضَّلَالُ it's very powerful what he says. First of all, what they believe is misguidance. They have a misguided ideology in their head. But they see this to be the truth. The Khariji believes what he's upon is the truth. The Qadari, the Rafidi, the Mubathil, this is what they believe to be true. But it's misguidance. What they believe is misguidance. But they see the takfir of the one who opposes them. So the misguided concept that he had in his head, he now is making you a kafir for opposing him in it. Insha'Allah ta'ala now that I've spoken about the first point which is the seriousness and staying away from takfir and not making, making sure that you don't fall into it. I now want to insha'Allah ta'ala go in bi'idhnillahi al-kareem with Maybe this lesson and the next two lessons to come, the following points, inshaAllah ta'ala. 
I want to be idhnillahi al-kareem give a quick summary of what Iman is according to Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah what is Iman according to Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah and what are the groups that oppose Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in the issue of Al-Iman I also want to speak about inshallah ta'ala when did this ideology start or when did it come into place the takfir without any evidences and what was its causes I'm also inshallah ta'ala I'm also inshallah ta'ala going to define what kufr means the definition of kufr and I'm also going to explain what is the difference between kufr and shirk then inshallah ta'ala after defining what kufr means and the usage of kufr according to the according to the Quran and the Sunnah. When the Quran uses kufr, what does it actually mean? I'm going to be Ibn al-Kareem move to terms that are very similar with kufr, which is a shirk, a dhulm, and al-fisq. What are they as well? And what is usage? And what does it mean in the kitab and the sunnah? I'm also, inshallah ta'ala, going to shine some light on the issue of the difference between kufr and nifaq, hypocrisy, where they come together and where they differ. I'm also, bi-idhnillah al-kareem, going to go into the types of kufr and the shu'ab and the branches of kufr. And here I'm going to divide the kufr into six types or seven types, bi-idhnillah al-kareem. Six types, inshallah. Six types and six categorization of al-kufr. Bi-idhnillah al-kareem. And I'm also, inshallah ta'ala, going to then, inshallah ta'ala, mention usul foundations and principles according to Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah that they use when it comes to takfir and how for one he can stay away from those those ideologies of those groups that have come. So that's in summary what Kareem I'm going to be speaking about before we start the book. Because if we agree upon these points, when we go into the book and we study the book, and I say that the ruling for this particular issue is this, or the ruling for this particular issue is this, you and I inshallah ta'ala will see eye to eye Kareem. Let's start with the first point that I want to speak about, which is Haqiqatul Iman in the Sunnah wal Jama'ah. What does Iman mean according to Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah? So there are many definitions of Al Iman. One is the definition of Ahli Sunnah wal Jama'ah, and the other one is the definition of Ahlul Bid'ah wal Dalal, the people of misguidance.